0: Hello, uh, welcome to episode 11 of the Top 2 Inches Rugby Podcast um, brought to you by iSpy Surveys, the go-to specialist survey and inspection company based in Exeter Devon So the festive season is here, it is getting to feel a lot like Christmas I hope you are all well um, and you know enjoyed the weekends rugby what is coming up on the show um, we are going to have a look at the European competitions both the Heineken Cup And the championship cup Uh, we'll check in on the ladies game see what is happening there i understand there's a few more games that were cancelled and obviously ollie will be here to review uh the heineken and championship cup with me as we said last week we are just going to focus on the on the premiership teams and the games that they took part in so it just leads me to say that we are obviously on um twitter at the top two inches rp we are obviously available on uh, for a variety of platforms such as Anchor, um, YouTube, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Let's go, on with the episode. So, uh, let's check in on the Premier 15s. Saturday saw just um, 6 of the 10 teams in action. Um, unfortunately, the games between Durham Sharks and... Um, Ha- sorry, was postponed as was the game between top of the table sides Harlequins and Saracens which is obviously really disappointing for both sides that game would have been something uh, special to watch so those games I guess will be rearranged for another date um, however there was still some really good rugby on show in the ladies game we had games between Bristol Bears, Worcester Warriors, Exeter Chief, uh, Chiefs and Loughborough Lightning and and sail sharks and wasps so where to start we're going to start with bristol bears uh, against worcester so worcester warriors they record an impressive victory um, on the road against bristol bears which uh, sees them just to move one place behind the bears in the table it was a very close encounter um, but luckily for worcester they put an end to their five match winless streak they opened up the scoring on 24 minutes uh, with a Harris burrowed over from a mall, but the Bears took just five minutes to respond uh, when Ellie Mulhern crashed over from short range, um, and it kind of went on that way throughout the rest of the game. It was a very tight affair. They were there were a couple. There was a yellow card, um, but luckily, with 10 minutes to go, it was 12 all and. Uh, we then we saw a the decisive moment. Um and Worcester from a deliberate knock on by the Bears in a tackle slotted the penalty to take the win. So well done to the Worcester Warrior ladies and Joe Yaps team. Next game that we'll have a look at is the sail Sharks against Wasps. They both came into this fixture um on the back of eleven point wins in previous rounds However, it was the Wasp Ladies that showed their true, true class. Um, unfortunately, it was a 30 to 8 victory for them. Um, we saw tries from uh, Amy Wilson Hardy got a try, and uh, you know it was a fantastic game. Um, Daisy McLean, she she played really well again, keeping um, sail shark. Sail Sharks in the game, but just not, unfortunately, on the score sheet. Lots of Red Roses uh, were obviously on display again. Ellie Kildun was playing. Um, yeah, so a great win for Wasps, which sees their sen- uh, season continue uh, on the up. Interesting game next. Loughborough Lightning um, were pushed all the way by Exeter Ladies. Um, it was a really close affair. The Exeter side took lead on 24 minutes through um, Hunt after a, a quick tap and go, brought the Chiefs to within the touchline distance of the Lightning try. Um, however, Emily Scarrett again, she, she obviously showed her true class, um, coupled with Lark Davis, another Red Rose, um and, and got themselves into the lead and eventually um obviously maintained this um and and took the win away fourteen seven from the Chiefs. I think what from the in from the footage that I've seen, Exeter Chiefs are starting to put together um good games. Their their teamwork is coming together. They look like they are kind of getting used to playing with each other. All these ladies obviously brought in at the start of the season for this new team um and although it's another loss they will get a, they've obviously taken away a valuable losing point um so well done to the exit, chief ladies so this week saw the draw for the world cup 2023 take place um which is obviously going to be in france this year um and it was an interesting draw to say the least so i'm just going to run through the the pool groups um, and which is pool a you've got new zealand france the hosts italy and then an america's one and africa one pool b south africa ireland scotland asia pacific one europe two pool c wales australia fiji europe one qualifier winner and pool d England, Japan, Argentina, Oceania 1, and Americas 2. So just looking at those those groups, there's no... I suppose you could say Pool C, Wales, Australia, Fiji. That could be um, considered the Pool of Death, maybe. Or maybe Pool B, uh, South Africa, Ireland, Scotland. I'm not too sure, really. Um Interesting for the host, they'll have a game against New Zealand. So potentially they're going to be looking at finishing second in that group. Although the way the French are playing at the moment, they could quite easily beat uh, New Zealand. It has been done before. Um I would probably say that out of all the managers of their given countries, that England are probably going to be the happiest. Um You know I think the only real saying that Japan did play really well obviously at the most recent World Cup um, and Argentina seemed to be coming back into some form having recently beaten New Zealand for the first time um, and obviously had two games where they've drawn with Australia so that's no mean feat Um, it's gonna be an interesting World Cup I know obviously it's a long time um, uh, you know until it's here a couple of years still to go but it certainly gives us um, an interesting kind of World Cup cycle build into that World Cup, which obviously all the international teams are going to start to do. Uh, um, yeah, I think Pool B and Pool C are going to be the toughest groups to come out of. I think you're going to obviously see, depending on how how the guys are playing at the time, you know, you've got to be saying South Africa and Ireland, I guess, from Pool B. Wales, Australia, or Fiji. Well, I'd be saying Australia and Fiji unless Wales dramatically improve because obviously they've had a really poor time since the World Cup. France, obviously, New Zealand, they're going to be going through um, and it's going to be either England, Japan, or Argentina. So, yeah, the World Cup 2023 in France, the pool, uh, you know, the draw has taken place. And if I was Eddie Jones, I'd be pretty happy. Mm, Not so much if you're called Pivak so before ollie um joins us to review the games in europe this week um i just want to have a quick chat about the changes that have taken place um in both the tournaments um and obviously these have been introduced because of the coronavirus pandemic what does it mean how does things look it is a little bit confusing if i'm honest um and it's a little bit baffling as well to be fair so And i'm going to try and explain it and if i don't kind of get it right then i I do kind of apologize Um, and my understanding this is just a one-off for this season so basically with the french top 14s having been abandoned and the guinness pro 14 curtailed um, it was decided to increase the number of teams in the heineken championships from 20 to 24 in order to give more sides a crack at the elite event there will be 8 teams from each league, so obviously that includes the Premiership, the Top 14 and the Pro 14. So the Scarlets and the Dragons will be Wales representatives in the top tier tournament, while Cardiff Blues and the Offsprays will compete in the 14 team Challenge Cup. At the same time, the length of the European campaign is being reduced from 9 weeks to 8, because of the congestive nature um, of next season's fol- of this season following the lockdown. There will be four rounds of group fixtures beginning, obviously, as we saw this weekend um, and four weekends of knockout matches. But it's when you look at the fine detail um, of the format that things do get really complicated. Um, So the 24 teams in the championship cut will be divided into four tiers based on their performance in their respective leagues. So for example, Tier 1 will be made up of the first and second rank clubs in each league. Teams will then be divided into two pools of 12. So sides from the same league in the same tier cannot be in the same pool and teams from the same league cannot be against one another while clubs will only play against other clubs in the same pool. Are you still with me? Because there's more so tier one and tier four sides which have been drawn in the same pool but which are not in the same league will play one and one another home and away the same goes for tier two and tier three Um, so each side will play four matches during the pool stages two at home and two away so as it stands based on league positions this is how the tiers look. So you've got tier one, Exeter, Sale, Leinster, Edinburgh and Bordeaux and Leon. Tier two consists of Bristol, Wasps, Munster, Ulster, Racing 92, Toulon. Tier three consists of Bath, Northampton, Scarlet's, Connacht, Clermont-Auvergne and La Rochelle. Tier four consists of Harlequins, Gloucester, Glasgow, the Dragons, Toulouse, um, and Montpellier oh, No, sorry. Oh, well, I can't remember. Was it Montpellier or Castle? Anyway, so remember tier 1 still face tier 4 teams who are not in their league as it's as and it's Tier 2 versus tier 3. So for example, the Scarlet's would face home and away group matches against either Bristol or Wasps and either Racine or Toulon but that's just how things are kind of looking at the moment. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's really confusing. Moving on to the knockout stages, the four highest ranked clubs in each pool will qualify for the quarterfinals, which means they would have played over two legs at home um, and on an away basis. The top ranked side in pool A facing the fourth best in pool B and so on. The teams ranked first and second in their pools will play the second leg of their quarters at home, so those sides ranked eight to uh sorry five to eight in both sections will qualify for round sixteen of the challenge club. the semi finals will be played over one match which uh sorry with the highest ranked side from the pool stages having home country advantage while the final will be staged in Marseille on Saturday the 22nd uh, of May 2021. Wow, just, I don't get that. So, moving on, the Challenge Club will be made up of 14 teams in a single pool. 6 from the top 14, 4 from the Gallagher Premiership and 4 from the Pro 14, with the two South African sides being ineligible. There will be 2 tiers of 7 teams and 4 grounds of group matches. With each side having two home and two away fixtures. The higher ranked teams in tier one will only play against sides from tier two. Teams in the same tier will not play against one another and, and nor will sides from the same league. So one premiership club and one pro 14 club will play against a top 14 opposition. I really hope you guys are following this. So, the eight highest ranked side from the preliminary stages will qualify for round 16, whether they will be joined, uh, sorry, where they will be joined by the eight clubs dropping down from the Champions Cup. Confused. Uh, the four highest ranked Challenge Cup quarterfinal quarterfinals and the four leading Champions Cup sides will have home advantage in round 16. There'll be one match quarterfinals and semis uh, with home advantage awarded to the highest ranked club and again the final being played in Marseille as um, for this season tournaments um, yeah so that's that's where we're at so I hope you have that and it's um, massively massively confusing but that's the position we're at right Ollie's going to be joining me now to review the games Um, let's go to that so it's the point of the uh, the podcast where uh, my good man Oliver joins us live from the roadside. How are thou, matey?
1: Hello, mate. How are you?
0: Not too bad. Good day today so far.
1: Lovely day, lovely day. Yeah, I'm out and about working again, mate. So uh...
0: <laughs> you're on the road again, kid, are not you? I'm on
1: the road again. I'm on the road. I had me sandwiches we've at lunch, so uh...
0: fantastic.
1: All filled up, mate. And my all banana, obviously, up. because you were very interested in my banana last week. So I've had another ah. banana, just should be pleased to know.
0: <laughs> I am so glad, mate. Obviously, we, we on the uh, Top 2 Inches Rugby podcast promote healthy eating and safe drinking. <laughs> especially Indeed, the, mate. We're all least. about
1: the balanced diet, aren't we?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I myself today have had leftover KFC, I think, which is not so healthy, but hey-ho. And anyway... Um, Leftover KFC. Yeah, I know. I, I didn't know that existed in your house. Really. <laughs> well, no, it didn't, mate. To be fair, it was actually um, the missus didn't take any with her. So uh, yeah, it was some leftovers. Anyway, enough about my uh, eating habits. So, ruggers. Now, before we get on to the onto the European, um, you know, Heineken Cup and the and the Challenge Cup. Obviously, last week we said we were just going to chat about the English teams. Have you watched any rugby this weekend?
1: Well, again, not as much as I would like to, but um, I watched I watched a bit of live rugby on Friday evening and none on Saturday, unfortunately, and a little bit on Sunday. Other than that, it was highlights, to be honest. But um, yeah, that was me. What about yourself?
0: Well, uh, likewise, I, I did settle down to watch um, Bristol against Claremont. Um, that was the only game I had a chance to watch this weekend, um, basically because I don't have BT Sport um and yeah so i've also seen highlights um but i i have caught up on that quite well i think but before before we go on to that mate i just want to take a couple of seconds obviously there's been a lot of chat this week about steve thompson um the concussion stuff popham um, yeah and i just wondered you know i know i've got my view on things um which i'll I'll express before we hear yours. It's ultimately, it's, it's massively sad for everybody involved and, you know, it shouldn't necessarily, you know, be, you know, be happening. Um, and I do feel that for them. I, you know, completely feel that for them. But a little bit, it's a little bit like, you know, you do make your choices, you know, you don't have to, to play. I guess if you're presented with um, medical reports to say, you know, you shouldn't be playing and then and you continue to play again, that's your choice. And I just wondered, you know, ultimately, what's your kind of viewpoint on it? But I do also think that maybe people should be looking at some kind of support package and, and kind of promoting more kind of, um, you know, research into concussion and obviously the outcome and uh, outcomes and long-term effects on players. Is that a bit too full-on deep for you at this moment in time? It's, oh, it's
1: a tough one, isn't it? It's, I, mean, I totally agree. It's just, horrendous for any Steve Thompson and any of the other players who are been sort of diagnosed with these horrible conditions, isn't it? But uh, there there is a part of me that thinks the same as you. I think I think, you know, as a rugby player you've got to take a bit of responsibility yourself as in it's it's a it's a it's a full contact tough sport, isn't it? So you yeah. obviously you don't think about it going onto the pitch and when you're playing and that sort of thing, but you you gotta take a bit of responsibility that you're putting your body body at risk, aren't you? So there's there's a potential for all sorts of um, injuries and and uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, to be honest, I've, I've listened to a little bit about it and read a little bit about it, but I, I, you know, I I don't know enough about it. And the likes of Steve Thompson, it's a different era to now, isn't it? That these players are in. I think yeah. If if, if it was players of the current day coming out, with um, what uh, Steve Thompson and the other guys are coming out with, then I think that's probably a completely different kettle of fish because obviously. The game's moved on, and the and the medical knowledge and science and everything's moved on. And, and to be fair, I think the game the game's moved on very well on that side of things. On on looking after players, and in particular, in the concussion side, isn't it? In the last yeah last few years, in particular. But um, yeah, I it'd be interesting to see. I guess it's a little bit worrying. I I think for the game overall. Yeah. If you uh, you know if if these guys are successful in their um their sort of case against, I think they're going going against the. World rugby and the RFU, yeah, and the Welsh Rugby Union, isn't it? But um, mm. yeah, I mean, it, you know, where does that leave the game, isn't it? I mean, do, then do they start taking even you know sort of shock decisions to make it a, a, yeah, safe. a safer, less contact? Yeah, you know, where do you go? It's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's tough, isn't it? But I mm. you, but then yeah, the other side to the argument, yeah, after especially the professional guys, I think yeah, after care. Support of some sort and and checking the wellness and uh, the guys are faring is certainly something that needs to come in by the sound of it, isn't it? But
0: yeah, definitely. Agree. I think
1: it's, it's such it's still such a young professional game. It's, um, it's only been professional since what ninety five, isn't it? So um,
0: yeah,
1: it's a bit of the. Uh, this is kind of just
0: yeah learning and, and as you
1: go along, and this is another obviously a horrible thing to learn as you go along, but um, you have got to adapt. The game has to adapt to it accordingly,
0: isn't it? So. Yeah, no, I I agree. And I think, I you know, I can totally relate to Steve Thompson. You know, I don't, you know, look at, you know, you know, obviously I've not played professional rugby, but I played a reasonable standard. And certainly, you know, he talked about the scrummaging and stuff. And, you know, there's been a number of scrums that I've come up from thinking, f- I mean, flipping X, sorry, I can see stars in front of my eyes and I'm feeling quite dizzy because of the pressure that's come through, you know, through me and then obviously coming at me. So I can totally, totally relate to his co- where he's coming from, but it will, it will be interesting to see um, what happens.
1: Yeah, I mean, yours was probably something more to do with the three points at half time, mate. But, um, but well, uh, d- d- dizziness from that. But uh, <laughs> now, uh, no, yeah, I know, I, I agree, mate. And it's, uh, it's just tough. I, I don't know enough. I don't know enough about it, but I'm, I'm, I am interested and and slightly concerned as to where it's all going to end up with the game. But, yeah, uh, no, I
0: agree. No, I agree. I think they've got well,
1: a, from what I've heard, I think on the legal side of it, which obviously we're not in any way experts on that, but it sounds like they've got a bit of a tough case on their hands because I think they need to prove yeah. that there's been some sort of negligence, isn't it? But to,
0: yeah. Which sounds like it's quite, quite a tricky tricky, tricky thing, one. isn't it? But, and it could go on quite a while, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So as we speak, the news has just broken that Danny Cipriani is off to Bath. Is, is, how do you feel about that? What? Danny Cipriani has left Gloucester and he's off to Bath. Are you oh, serious? No, no, oh, I'm right. joking. <laughs> 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 oh, crikey. but Bath could do the fly half. Do you think they're they're going to go after him?
1: I don't know, mate. I mean, I I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I obviously heard you you, um, you updated me with the, the shocking news of. Well, actually, well, it's not that shocking. But Danny Sipriani, no, yeah, yeah, suddenly, su- suddenly leaving, I uh, probably is a bit shocking. But it was obvious there was something going on there because he hasn't featured for yeah, them. At the... but, um, no. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Bartha Bath it's quite public that Bartha are on the hunt for a um, a top fly half. But um, yeah, two, two minds with Danny Sips if they were to go for him, it's a bit of a fifty-fifty risk, I
0: think, isn't it? It either... I think it's a double-edged double-edged sword, isn't it? Is that what they say?
1: Yeah, it be... <laughs> you could either he'll sort of gel with the with the club and the, and all the rest of the players and the squad and, and get back to his best and then fast potentially with him at 10 all singing and dancing could could be sort of title challenges. but um it could go the complete opposite isn't it he could be a flop yeah. like like really he has been with Gloucester i suppose isn't it and uh, yeah and he, there's a, you hear all sort of stories of him not being a particularly uh, natural team player, getting on with the rest of the players and that sort of thing. So that could disrupt yeah. things in the squad, is not it? Which they could end up going the other way and uh, solidifying us down the bottom of
0: the league. But anyway, we'll
1: move on we will on shall yeah, see. It'll be
0: interesting to see, see
1: where, what, what he does next, is not it?
0: Yeah, because Hastings is off to Gloucester. He's just signed. And I've just Has seen he? as well. Yeah, he's, he's going to Gloucester. Oh, which intriguing. is a good which is not a bad signing, and that um South African Scottish chap Van der de yeah he's just signed for Worcester next season, uh, so, okay. lots of interesting stuff's coming out of um all the Scottish players leaving and, and going for the money by the look of it. All the glory. Anyway, that's probably another topic. Let's, because um, I know we've, we're both short on time today. Let's move on to the Ruggers. So the Heineken start, Cup started Friday night uh, with the Saints against Northampton. Uh, sorry, the Saints against Northampton. Bordeaux Bagels against Northampton. Okay. Yeah. Uh Bordeaux won sixteen twelve. 12. Highlights, interesting game again. Courtney Laws was back, I think, for Saints. Better performance, but ultimately, old um, Santiago Cordero scored that 74th minute try, um, came off the post um, from a, a penalty, I think it was. He followed up, got the try, got the dot down, and Bordeaux take the win.
1: Yeah, that was obviously like a. Per- Perfectly planned, these there, wasn't it, to win the game? <laughs> if <Absolutely>. only. <laughs> but, um, yeah, a bit bit of luck, obviously. Yeah, yeah a bit again, just more more sort of worrying for Northampton. Is it, it it I agree. I think that was that was the best they've played this season so far. Makes a difference, like you say, with Courtney Laws and uh, old bigger and back that, at ten. Yeah. And, but, um yes, having their sort of big guns back, but they should have won it, shouldn't they? So uh, that's yeah, two, think... uh, two games in a row. They've lost, literally, in the last, uh, last few moments of the game that they, they should have won. So, uh, yeah, worrying. Yeah, worrying. P-
0: worrying. For Absolutely. No, I agree. So, the next game, obviously, was a live game on Saturday on Channel 4, which I watched. Uh, Claremont against Bristol. I mean, oh, my, Trifest. 51-38 to 38 in favour of Claremont. To me, mate, the Claremont just looked ridiculous. They looked fantastic. And I think think... they're going to be contenders. Uh, Don't get me wrong, I thought Bristol played well, but obviously I think, you know, Claremont took such an early lead. I mean, what were they, 14-0 up, like within the first 20 minutes or something, it might be be 20 more, I can't remember. Um, But they just looked on fire. They
1: did, yeah, I totally agree, mate. They were just unreal, weren't they? It was a... But to be fair, the French, all the French sides, have had a pretty good weekend, haven't they? Certainly compared to the English yeah. overall. But um, yeah, Claire I agree, mate. They they look so strong, and uh, that you, if you just look at the score line, it looks like it was a high scoring, relatively, you know, not,
0: open affair. Yeah,
1: open, fairly, fairly close, almost game, wasn't it? But um, Brist, Bristol weren't in it, were they? Clermont were just never, yeah. never, ever going to lose that. Although Bristol played a good bit of rugby and stuff, but um, yeah, it's pretty pretty worrying. I I suppose Bristol in their defence, they've still got a few key guys to come back, haven't they? And Maybe uh, being a bit of an earlier part of the season than Claremont, so I don't know exactly where the top 14 is, but there are a few games on ahead of us in our Premier League, aren't they? But
0: Yeah, absolutely. A few more games under their
1: belt so to speak, isn't it? uh,
0: Yeah, and I think Bristol will still have a chance to get out of the group stages and then it'll be interesting to see how they progress if they do do that.
1: Yeah, I think it's tough though, isn't it? I think you kind of have to, have to to be sure. You have to win all your games and and win them well yeah. with bonus points and points difference and everything, isn't it? But, uh...
0: Yeah, because I'm oh, sorry, mate. I should have said before. Obviously, we've had this conversation. I I have done a little segment just about the new look of the structure of the um uh, the competition this year because obviously it's being changed a bit because yeah. COVID and stuff. Um, you'll obviously have to listen to it when you listen to the pod. But oh my gosh, it's confusing. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, very, yeah very it confusing. is, and I don't
1: totally understand it to be honest. But um, I thought, um, j- without jumping ahead on the I'll sort of fixture reviews, back Rob Baxter did a, a fairly good review pre-match, review a it But uh, yeah, um, but yeah, it's, it's certainly different. But it is what it is. I think you just got to everyone's just teams and slather, get, the, get on with it, adjust and play the game, play the play the competition, isn't it? Yeah. play the rules.
0: Yeah, rules, no, is rules,
1: mate. Rules.
0: rules is rules, mate. There is. OK, so the next game, obviously, is going to be one for you. Uh, Scarlet's Bath. Bath, obviously, losing at home again, 23-19. Ooh, was it a game Bath should have won? Moving on, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> moving on quite quickly. <laughs> um, I mean, it was a really, you know, it was a really good, lively encounter. Old Gareth Davis, you know, it was his 200th appearance for the Scarlet's. He got a try. But I just, I've got a, oh, I'm just worrying now about Bath. It's a game at home, like you said. It's those kind of games you've got to win if you want to kind of get anywhere. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. I'm I'm worried too. I'm worried too. I mean, to be fair, to scarlets obviously they played. They were the better team on the day and played better, so fair play to them. They're they're doing pretty well at the moment, but um, neither, neither team played particularly amazing rugby. I didn't think, but uh, yeah, it's worrying. I, we we had relatively full strength. I know there's still a few boys missing but um, relatively full strength side so I'm just concerned it's just the same old buff. It was coming out of lockdown end of last season we seemed to just be on another level and it was almost like Hooper had managed to turn the corner on sort of mentality and off the pitch culture player, team culture and all that and thought he'd sort of twigged that and got it right but it's a bit concerning that it obviously isn't and
0: there's something something no, no. not right there but um... no I agree I agree he's probably still reeling from that dump tackle I did on him when he was a cult <laughs> anyway that must be I what it is yeah must gotta be um, I hope you didn't also, concuss also... him Gareth <laughs> God I hope not but I did hit him quite hard to be fair um, and obviously next week Bath go to La Show. they're top of the uh, of the top 14 oh, I can I can only see two losses mate sorry
1: yeah, agree. Uh, to be all uh, to all i say, the Bath fan and just looking at Bath season, I, I, I'm not really uh, in, interested. Sad, sad thing to say, almost, but I'm not really interested in in Europe, the Heineken Cup, because uh, I think I think Bath just the way it started, they just need to focus on the Premiership and trying to get as high up the table as possible in the Premiership and getting into the Heineken Cup again next season, really. But um, it. We ain't going to win the Heineken Cup,
0: <laughs> no, no, that's fair, especially, that's fair. especially
1: after losing the first game, and like you say, probably going to be a tough, tough call to win the second one as well, so if you win your first yeah. two, then you're out anyway with the with the current structure, aren't you so
0: yeah, definitely um so the next game, sales shark against Toulon, uh, another victory for the French teams um twenty six to fourteen was this over in, this was over in Toulon, wasn't it uh, yeah, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, so obviously Toulon, Parise A, host of good players. Steve Diamond obviously recently departed from Sale. Uh, I guess they would have wanted to try and take the win, but you know, Toulon have probably got too much class really, um, which is disappointing yeah. for Sale. Yeah. Um, they're off to Edinburgh next week. Oh, sorry, they will host Edinburgh next week, so hopefully um, they can turn it around against them. But I think it was just Toulon had too much firepower for them, really, from the highlights that I saw.
1: Yeah, totally agree, mate. I think so sale. So, I thought they looked relatively good in, in parts, but um, yeah, overall, too too long were just uh, that much better, that much stronger.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the next game, Wasps went to um, Rodney Parade and and faced the Dragons. A good performance from Wasp, twenty four uh, eight victory. Dan Robson was, I thought, bloody fantastic and I'm really hopeful that he will be starting England number nine if all things go well. Um, The only thing I didn't like, and I don't know if you saw it, and I just thought this wasn't very classy at all, was when old the hooker Cruz scored his try. He simulated a dog urinating in the corner after he scored his try. I
1: didn't, mate. I haven't seen any of that game, actually, but I certainly didn't see that, but
0: that's certainly a bit interesting. What was all that about then? I'm not 100% sure. I I was a bit like well that's just a bit weird, really. It's not something you really do is yeah it? I'm not
1: really into that anyway. sort of try
0: celebrations and stuff. It's not football, is it so no no you... I agree but yeah a good a good victory on the on the road. I know obviously dragons haven't been that great for a while, but you know for wasps um obviously it's good to get the first win and and obviously one of the only english teams to to get a win on the weekend, yeah. so you know fair play to them um. It was a good result. Dragons, um, yeah, like you say,
1: dragons probably one of the weaker sides in the tournament, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, well, should be winning that one, but yeah, they look like they've
0: done it well. Yeah. Um, okay. So then on the Sunday, Gloucester were down in Lyon. Old um, Bastero playing number eight. I thought he was bloody brilliant. They put a fifty-five to ten win over over Gloucester. Gloucester obviously sent the young lads down from what I can tell. You know, looking at their kind of squad and didn't think there's anybody that I really recognised. Um, so it looks a little bit potentially like they're not even worrying about the Heineken Cup this year. Um, and yeah, I mean, Leon were just fantastic. Some fantastic tries. And like I said, um, oh my God, his name's literally gone out of my head. Bastereau <laughs> at number eight. Yeah, you know, he was over the ball, he was jackaling, he was putting in some good runs, I think he scored a try. Yeah, just they, they look really good.
1: Well, yeah, Leon are strong, aren't they? I I didn't I didn't see any of this one either actually, mate, but um Okay, that's but, right. uh I did hear or um actually on another pod I heard that Gloucester like you said, sent out uh basically a second string team, isn't it? A lot of young lads and that which is uh is a bit disappointing, isn't it? For uh, like you say, sort of throwing the Heineken Cup before you've been, even started. But kind of in two minds, there. It is disappointing. At least to have a crack, I suppose, first uh, go, isn't it? But um, on yeah, the on absolutely. the other hand, it's a professional game and uh, sort of keeping your your best players for the what you consider to be your most important games of the season and all that sort of thing, isn't it? So if they're focusing on the Premiership, you can half understand that. But yeah, but it doesn't make a a great spectacle for the... No. But I think it might go with the current format. It might go a bit like that anyway, isn't it? Because once once teams know they haven't got a chance of getting out of their group, then they could be uh, all doing the same, isn't it? And throwing out the second three. Yeah. Unfortunately. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. So, on to Exeter. Bloody hell. Reigning champions, Exeter. They started their game, you know, the the defence of their Heineken Cup. Just a perfect start, really, mate. Wasn't it? I mean, they were relentless against Glasgow. Uh what was the score? Forty eight? Forty two nil. Forty two nil. Um Sam Simmons obviously got another try. You know, I mean they didn't even have people like, you know, Johnny Hill was on the sideline. Um, you know, he was he was on the bench, I think, to start with, and then came on. They just looked ridiculous. Yeah, they strong in, in in all aspects. Oh yeah, they're
1: just unbelievable mate. Unbelievable. They're same as their starting forming the premiership just just relentless isn't it no one no one can so far get anywhere near them can they um and like you say with uh the likes of johnny johnny hill i think karen Dickey was on the bench as well isn't it but they still had yeah. jack yandel who's not technically not an international but he's probably international standard isn't he and then scottish second row yeah. with um yeah uh skinner and gray wasn't it in the second johnny row gray. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I I watched most of this game actually, man. And to be fair, I actually thought it was a pretty overall. It was quite a a well contested game, and Drasco didn't really do anything wrong. It's just X are just just were on the next level with with sort of power and strength, and it was literally like seeing a sort of a Div One against Div Two type. But there wasn't. I think there was a couple. Yeah. of I think they they threw one line out there wasn't any real glaring errors where you'd say oh you let in let in a, a tribe from just ridiculous errors it was just overpowered Do you know what i mean which uh, yeah it's just unreal isn't it it's just unreal. no one can handle them well, at the yeah. moment it's, it's uh, no impressive stuff
0: and obviously next next week they go to four times champions to lose i mean what a game that's going to be
1: yeah it's uh, stacking up to be a pretty decent one isn't it could be the game of the weekend but...
0: i mean that yeah i think that's got to be got to be game of the weekend i don't think that's on channel 4 unfortunately i'm really hoping it is because i would love to watch that live sheer grunt against the flare of the french with a little hint of south african bit in there
1: yeah it could, it could be could be a beauty mate i think Toulouse to lose a, um i don't know i don't know it's like last season they've got i'm real talent haven't they but they're not uh, not sort of developed as a side as Chiefs are, um, which showed in the semi last year, didn't it? But different story going yeah. down there to play them at Stanley Park like they did last year. So it'll be interesting to see how that one no,
0: turns I out. I agree. I agree. And the, and the final game for the English clubs yeah, in, in Europe, uh, Harlequins at Munster over at Toman Park, Munster coming out 21-7 victors. Uh, from what I saw, I mean, the whole back row was yellow carded for Harlequins. In discipline, penalties, was that, probably costing was that the game, the really. end of the game? Uh, I think so, yeah. I can't, mate. So much has yeah, since I, then. I've been to sleep a couple I of thought times. What,
1: I think of the first half. And I, I actually thought Quinns were doing pretty well, actually, and contesting surprisingly well. It was fairly close for quite a while in the game, I think, wasn't it? But um, Which, for, for Quinns, I know they've obviously done very well the last few games in the Prem, haven't they? But... We've, we've said about them a few times for Their inconsistency and certainly going away. I, I thought Munster could just completely.
0: Oh mate, it was it two yellow cards in the forty sixth and forty ninth minute for for Queens and then Don Bryant in the sixty first. Yeah, there you go. That's just in yeah, that really. Yeah, that is poor. Um, especially. Oh no, sorry. There was actually four yellow cards. Not not all not all Queens. I don't think.
1: Was it Irish referee?
0: <laughs> oh, I don't think so, mate. Really. But I think Munster look good again. You know, it's 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 an open tournament, mate. Obviously, under this new format, it's going to be very interesting to see how it progresses. Yeah, it's uh, Le- Leinster
1: and the French side and Chiefs
0: at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And that's about it. Um, okay, let's move on to the the Challenge Cup, um, and let's start with London Irish. A good win against Argen. Are we um, reviewing the the B League? I think we? that was we are just we're going to oversee it mate because so, to be fair I couldn't find any highlights for any <laughs> of these games um, so yeah it's just a good a good victory for a london irish away at Argen, um 34 to 8 that's quite nice for them to get a good start in in the competition yeah. uh, cardiff um, went up to newcastle so a tough place to go and came away 33 to 20 victors and my tigers home performance 39 17 against brief that's a pretty decent result, yeah, not
1: really. not bad either, is it? The, um, um, no. the Newcastle result was probably a bit of a surprise, considering they're starting the Prem, but I think they put out a second-string team,
0: didn't they? I think so, yeah. yeah. So maybe they're focusing on the Premiership as well. But, uh, Let's have a look. I'll just have a quick look, mate, because that's interesting. I didn't realise that. Oh, um, Matavesi and Ascot, Hodgson at nine. Uh, yeah, there's a f- Mace. yeah, there's no Gary Graham. Different second rows. Yeah, so it does look um, more of a kind of B... uh, Well, you know, an A plus one sort of side from Newcastle. Just interesting. I wonder if Leicester went full bore. I'd be surprised if Tigers did, if I'm honest. Let's just have a quick quick look. Oh, no. Tigers were... Nadolo was on the wing. Miravali was on the wing. They had that new Argentine um, fly-off. Ford came on. Ben Youngs came on. Genji came on. So, yeah. Interesting. Lavanini was playing.
1: What league are they in? Are they in the top flight in France or are they in the B league?
0: What the p- yeah. uh, Pro No, they've got to be in the um, Pro 14, uh, top 14, haven't they?
1: I'm not sure if they got relegated last
0: season, but I might be wrong. I think I think you might be wrong on that one, mate. I'm just trying to play anyway, down Tigers' win. Either way, um, I'm just happy that we had a nice win. I'm, yeah, I'm it's quite good, good that. win, mate. I'll take best, that.
1: Probably other than Chiefs' best win for the English side, wasn't what? it?
0: <laughs> Let's not forget, mate. Tigers did score the only try of the season so far against. They're the on fire, mate. They're on fire. They are on absolute fire. Listen, mate. I'm, I'm, I need to make a move. But thank you very much again for for joining me. I do appreciate it, and uh, I'm assuming you'll be able to come back next week and give another overview of the second round from the Heineken Cup. Yeah, great. And looking ahead to the Prem then as well, isn't it next week? It will be back to the Fantasy. Prem, and obviously the Fantasy League will return for us as, a, <laughs> will return for us as well, mate. Looking forward Absolutely. to it, mate. I can imagine that when the Fantasy League returns, there could be a few players rested. That's all I'm going to say. So it could be quite interesting. 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 We shall see. Mm-hmm. All right, mate. We'll let you go. Uh, you enjoy your second banana, um, and we'll speak Cheers, again mate. soon. Have a good week. All right, buddy. You Catch take you care. i see you mate. soon so that brings uh an end to episode 11 of the top two inches rugby podcast hope you enjoyed the episode as much as we did bringing it to your ears what is on next week's show more uh, games from the heineken and the uh, champions cup we'll also check in on the ladies game see what happens this week hopefully there won't be any more games that are cancelled uh, ollie will obviously be here again and we will also potentially have another look at the game i remember we've not done it this week um because well there wasn't anybody to actually help do it so yeah we'll we'll sort that one out just leaves me to say thank you once again um obviously we are on all platforms such as youtube apple podcast spotify and anchor and obviously this episode has been brought to you by iSpy survey It's the go-to specialist survey and inspection company based in Exeter, Devon. Bye for now.